Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is Reservations, and I'm Rain Whalen. And I'm Cooper Winthrop. Thank God, something easy for future Rain to do. I noticed you gave up on the other one. Yeah, no, fuck that. Okay. I, he, I was like, no. Yeah, no, I'm not even going to try. That's I should have put like a. I should have put like a word not found or something yeah, like that. Probably. Instead of just oh, 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 four, oh. 404. 404. 404 error not found. Yeah, we're not. Uh, well, welcome back, everyone. Um, before we get into the episode, dude. We saw Doctor Strange. We did. Not, not together. Not together. Uh, yeah. This is the first time we didn't see a movie together, but we saw it uh, in a 24-hour uh, span, and dude, <laughs> that was tight. Go uh, see it. Yeah, absolutely. Go see it. And uh, don't spoil it for people. Yeah, yeah, don't spoil it. Uh, Jeremy got something spoiled I for him. Um, I, I was lucky. I almost saw one and quickly yeah. clicked off. Uh, but don't spoil it for people. Look, I Look, it's cool. Like to be excited to see these things, but yeah. don't spoil it for everyone else. Yeah, you know, don't don't be that guy. Well, just big surprises, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. you don't ruin the surprise. Yeah, um, but I do want to say, and you said it perfectly, is man, Sam Raimi still got it. Sam Raimi still got it. Pass uh, me. He's so good. He's so good. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I I was half expecting going into this to be like, man, what if this is Spider-Man Four? Yes. Yeah, that would be cool too. Like Benedict like Cumberbatch it. is in it for like five minutes, and yeah. then <laughs> Tobey Maguire comes in. No, I don't know. Just yeah. Spider Man Four now. Yeah, it's just Spider Man Four and uh, <laughs> freaking um, Kirsten Dunst is back and everything. Oh my god! <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, but it was it was great, man. I, oh, I really so enjoyed good. it. Um, yeah. Um, it's just now I have so many questions, especially because Sam Raimi. Ending it the way he did. Yep. I have so many questions now. So many questions, yeah. But, I agree. Um, I agree with you. I will say, um, so just to, um, so not everything has to be so, you know, whatever. Like, um, okay, we talked about this. Now let's go into the episode. One more thing. I was, I was on <laughs> TikTok, and... <laughs> There are these guys, they're twins, and they have a, a podcast, and they talk about movies or whatever. Uh-huh. And they brought up something that I thought was amazing, that I had never noticed before. It's two things. Okay. Uh, they're both in the movie Seven. So uh, pop back in your movie Seven, okay? And check this out. So there are two things. One, um, when they're in Brad Pitt, have you seen Seven? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's been not a all the way out. It's not in a while. Um. When they're in Brad Pitt's apartment, and they already had dinner, Somerset is there, and they're going over the case, right? Uh-huh. The subway comes back, and we had already established that that rattles their house, right? And so, <laughs> right before then, um, Somerset asks for some wine, okay? Okay. And so, Mills pours him a, a glass of wine. Now, he doesn't have wine glasses. He just has, like cups like regular glasses right pours them and puts it down and it is almost full okay okay the glasses because he is it's it's a nice little character development or a, a little piece of his character that he doesn't he doesn't drink wine and so he thinks it's like beer and so you just fill the glass up all the way 
uh, and it's not right. No, yeah. And it's so not. when the, the <laughs> he hands Somerset the glass and he puts it down and they're still going over things. The the subway rattles their house. Somerset immediately picks up his glass, looks at it, does a double take, and kind of cocks his head as if he's like, wait, did he fill that up all the way? It's so funny. And it's that long, right? It is too funny. So that's just a little little thing I never noticed before. Okay. Here's the next one. This one's really going to blow your mind. Okay. They're in the S&M shop. Do you remember this? A Where um, that guy had already killed that prostitute with the knife strap on. Okay, do you remember this? Vaguely. Okay. So they go to the to the place where it was made. Okay, there's like this crazy, you know, S&M fetish shop. And the guy is describing John Doe, who, who came to ask for it to be made, right? Mm-hmm. And he said that, you know, he was in here, he had a limp... Um, he was kind of odd, whatever. And as he says that, this guy in the background with a limp limps in front of the door to look at Somerset and Mills. He has a hat on, he has a coat on, and it's John Doe. Oh. And it's like, what is happening right now? I had never noticed that before. So um, Seven is full of stuff like that. It's a movie I pop on when I don't know what to watch. And I was like, fuck it, I'll just watch Seven again. Because mm-hmm. uh, it just keeps on giving. It's one of those films that I, I think is perfect. It's a perfect movie. And it's also been parodied so many times since. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah, Seven is amazing. So I just wanted to yeah do a little shout out to those guys. I think it's, um, oh man, Pod, it's like the last, or podcast of the lost ark or something i don't know what it's called um but whatever they're dope kudos for them picking that stuff out it was rad nice. so rewatch seven again and uh I yeah you have to it's so good cool i'll, I'll probably do that after i get done with uh, jedi fallen order okay anyway anyway um anyway so <laughs> Sorry. Um, if you listened to last week's episode come and see uh or watch it on YouTube. First of all, thank you. Huh? Uh, so far, Come and See is the uh, that is the highest viewed season seven episode. Of course, our highest viewed episode across the board is our Shaun of the Dead episode. Of course, at two K. What? Yeah, my guy. Holy two thousand views. Now th- that doesn't mean that everyone has watched it from start to finish. Doesn't matter. But a doesn't view matter. counts. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I just want to say thank you. But uh, if you did tune in last week, um, today we were talking about. Paul Thomas Anderson's Inherent Vice. Um, this is his only book adaptation, correct? Is what I read somewhere? Technically, There Will Be Blood is loosely based on a book, but um, not really. Uh, but this is based on the book of the same name by Thomas Pycon? I'll look it up. It's like P Y C H O. It's not a usual last name. Yeah. But anyway. This, uh, as we kind of gave in our little tease for last week, has uh, our boy Joaquin Phoenix. It had been a while since we've done her. So I figured, what better time to do another Joaquin Phoenix movie? Sure, yeah. Um, Josh Brolin, uh, Catherine Watterson, Reese Witherspoon, Martin Short, <laughs> Benicio Del Toro. Sorry, Martin Short. Uh, Jenna Malone, Jenna Malone, Owen Wilson. So many people. Yeah. 
Um, so, Jeremy, yeah. so you said you had never seen this no, either. Never. So, I want your opinion. Sure. Uh, what was so? What was your what was your takeaway first viewing? Um, okay, so first viewing only viewing. By the way, um, at first I was I was concerned about keeping things straight, right? Yes. Until I realized the movie doesn't care, so I don't care, right? Uh, the movie's not like the movie's not a classic sort of whodunit or you know one of these other sort of private eye films of this nature. Like I think this, Chinatown. Yeah, this one's more of, yes, in those movies you need to keep everybody's name straight. You need to know who everyone is related to, in which situation. You need to know who belongs to who and blah, blah, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Here, things come and go as if by coincidence, right? So it's like, yes... Uh, Doc is has been asked by his ex-girlfriend to look into this her I guess boyfriend boyfriend of sorts and his wife and her uh, her lover I suppose yeah or life coach whatever he was um, to wrongfully putting him into an insane asylum and keeping all of his money making sure he he can't waste it all because he was going to, right? Right. Um, but then, then he gets an assignment from Michael K. Williams, R.I.P. Uh, and then he gets something from somebody else, and then he gets something from somebody else, and yeah, he gets yeah, he gets. Uh, and these are all things that, frankly, are not connected. Like these, like, like what Michael K. Williams is doing with the. He he just wants to get paid back from his cellmate, right? And the his white supremacist cellmate, yeah. Um, that really has very little to nothing to do with Eric Roberts, right? I mean, yeah. it, essentially, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, Owen Wilson's thing, <laughs> kinda, but not really. Also, right? Because like he was hired by Jenna Malone to find him because she, she doesn't think he's really dead. Yeah, right, and he's not. And he just so happens to be a an FBI informant, a snitch, mm-hmm. that is coincidentally in the same place as he's at, right? They're not connected necessarily. It's just a coincidence, yeah. right? And then you have this shit with Martin Short that, you know, is sort of like a bizarre fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. While, all the t- while, the, while the entire time uh, Doc has been told, beware the golden fang. Yeah. And you're like, who's the golden fang? <laughs> it must be some sort of crazy... Uh, underground syndicate. Eh, not really. Not really. <laughs> you know? Um, it's just a dude smuggling in cocaine. And yeah. And then he keeps, you know, getting uh, checked in on by Bigfoot. Bigfoot, yeah. Uh, Josh Brolin. Which, again, doesn't really have anything to do with much, you know. Except that they just, they have a love-hate relationship. Yeah. Actually, I would say a hate-hate relationship. Yeah, I would, too. Yeah. Um, and it's all just so bizarre and quirky, and everybody is unique and eccentric. Yeah. And bizarre, also. And, you know, it, it's... Once you just let go and just realize, you know what? I'm going to quit trying to... I'm not, I'm not going to try to piece this puzzle together, because none of the pieces belong to anything else. Yeah. And so I'm just going to watch it, and it's going to be fine. And yeah, it was. yeah. Well, well, when we were talking about it off mic, I, I told you how, you know, I was I was trying to keep it all together. Yeah. But then I was just like, you know what? 
I'm just going to enjoy the movie. Love Joaquin. I'm just going to enjoy it, watch the movie. And I did, you know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it is it is complicated. Uh, yeah, I think Joaquin's performance is amazing. Oh, absolutely. I, I think everybody is giving a, a great performance. It's cool to see Eric Roberts and stuff every once in a while because you're like, oh, yeah, that guy still's around. Yeah. You know? uh, if you don't remember who Eric Roberts is, uh, just watch... Um, just watch uh, uh, The Dark Knight. Oh, I was going to say the music video to Mr. Brightside, but you're right. Uh, oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. Well, and its uh, subsequent sequel, uh, Miss Atomic Bomb. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. Eric Roberts is uh, a well-known character actor, and he, he cracks my shit up all the time. Yeah. Even when he's being serious. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I just love Eric There's something Robert. about him. Right. Something about Eric he Roberts. is the brother to Julia Roberts. They are brothers. Oh, really? And the Oof. father to Emma Roberts, which is really yeah. So his more successful sister and more successful daughter. daughter. Uh, well, his uh, Emma can be kind of she can well, make some bad decisions. Well, of course, some bad acting. Anyway, uh, <laughs> okay, so we can't really talk about the plot because the plot, as we just kind of, I'm sure, it ebbs probably, We probably just overwhelmed the audience so i would say let's kind of talk about the characters sure so obviously we need to start with doc doc yeah um play uh, again walking phoenix uh this is probably my favorite character of his i i really, really? thought i really thought um fuck i forgot his character in her that's okay uh i really thought that was gonna be my favorite performance mm-hmm. of his yeah. um joker was a close second but i think i love doc i, I think because the whole time you're rooting for Doc. You, yeah. You want him to, to solve this. Uh, and he just keeps getting thrown these curveballs and expected to roll with it. Yeah. And uh, while being constantly uh, um, not undermined, but sort of uh, sized up. People think, oh, well, he's a hippie. He's a stoner. He, yeah. There's no way he can solve this. Yeah. No. Uh, but Doc is... Pretty smart, actually. He's doing good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love, I love it in the trailer. I'm assuming it's the actress that plays Solange narrating the trailer, where she says, uh, "Doc's not a do-gooder, but he's done good." And uh, I think that sums up Doc perfectly. Yeah, and what's funny about her narration in the trailer? It's not in the movie. She yeah. she uh, she did specific voiceover just for the trailer. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but okay, so Doc. So Doc, like I just said, is a hippie, a stoner, uh, living in California in the 70s, uh, but also simultaneously a private eye, uh, which is just a very odd combination. I agree. Uh, private eye who's a hippie stoner, um, who I, I, I was telling Ashley, I love that he technically has an office. But it's at a health clinic with actual doctors. Yeah. And I love when he walks in and he's like, doctor. And the, the other doctor's like, doctor. <laughs> um, and for a second, I genuinely thought that he really was a doctor and just kind of moonlit as a PI. Yeah. But no, that's that, <laughs> that doctor's office is his PI office. That is his office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is so bizarre. Sorry, I'm trying to find something specific you keep talking. Actually, I did want to point out okay. um, a wonderful cameo by Paul Thomas Anderson's real-life wife, Maya Rudolph. Uh, Maya Rudolph, yep, yep, yep. Uh, who is the receptionist. 
Um, it's so crazy that she and Paul Thomas Anderson are married, dude. I know. And uh, this is sort of a a tangent, but uh, Conan O'Brien had Maya Rudolph on his podcast, and uh, good on him because I wouldn't have been as strong. At the very end, he goes, "Okay, now that we're done, uh, is your husband there? <laughs> Can we? Uh, there will be blood. Is the greatest movie of all time? Uh, could you tell me he's a genius? <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, Wait, were they doing it like over like Zoom or yeah. something? Yeah. <laughs> could you imagine? Did he, like, poke his head and be like, oh, thanks, man? No. <laughs> that would have been so funny. I and mean, because, you know, you don't want to, like, undercut her success by, you know, talking about his, but his is, just, you know, his is just astronomical. You know, he's he yeah. is one of the greatest film directors of this or any and, generation. And much like Fincher, well, no, not Fincher. Uh, well, he writes he writes his own movies, correct? Writes and directs his own movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Licorice Pizza Pizza is on my watch list. Yes, uh, I'm very excited to see it I, as I soon as it wait. comes out. Yeah, it should be coming out soon. A couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, okay, so back to Doc. Right. Um, so Doc, like we've been saying, he, he has all these curveballs kind of thrown at him. You know, uh, with Michael K. Williams telling him, like, hey, I need you to find my my uh, Nazi ex-cellmate. Uh, he owes me money. Then we have Hope. Jenna Malone saying, you need to find my husband. I know he's alive. Everyone says he's dead. Yeah. Um, and then he's got Jade from the uh, massage parlor. Yeah, that's not what I was going to call it, but that's cool. Oh, I'm, I'm going to be... Uh, <laughs> going to be nice. I, I was not expecting that. I wasn't either. I was, the whole time she kept saying the specials, I thought it was like a restaurant. And then she I was like, oh, oh no, it's, it's not. It is not. Um... But she's telling him about how, you know, he needs to be aware of the Golden Fang. And then he's got his buddy, Benicio Del Torrio, uh, Slouch, Slouch, Sanch. I think it was Sanch. I'll find it. Truthfully, Benicio Del Toro was just playing his character from Fear and Loathing. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, Sancho. Um, yeah, he was. That's that's it's the first thing I thought about. Oh, he's a lawyer in this one? <laughs> yeah, he's pretty much his character from Fear, Fear and Loathing. loathing. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Just not completely whacked out on drugs. Yeah, he's just a weirdo. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Sanch tells him about um, the Golden Fang is actually a ship. It's not yeah. like a, a syndicate, but then at the same time, it is. Yeah, like, of, yeah. So Doc is just trying to, he's trying to get all the pieces, and like you said perfectly, he, he even knows, like, okay, how do these fit together, though? This doesn't make... Like, I love when he's yeah. making his board, and he's just like... Yeah. Like, he doesn't he doesn't even get it's it. It's like, so odd, yeah. Like well, because do- it's like the... And Solange does mention this um, in her narration about vertical integration with the Golden Fang, with the dentists... Um, uh, providing all of these people with um, with drugs that will rot their teeth, and then it brings them into the dentist, and then and, mm. and that you know what I mean. And yeah, then, and then the rehabilitation center, right? Yeah, also. yeah, yeah. It's like uh, it's just a, a cycle of them just making money, yeah. right? Uh, is all it is. And Martin Short is a cartoon character, and I love it. Um, yeah, and I I could, uh, when I saw him in the trailer. I, I was expecting him to have a very little role in the movie, which he does, but <laughs> he he just he's Martin Short the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like I love when he you think that like Doc is caught and yeah. he's like, Well here, let's do a little bit of this together. And I'm like, Oh, they're gonna just do just flat out do drugs yeah, together. Yeah, and he's 
it's it's not that you know Martin Short's character is like on the inside and is trying to protect. He's just, he's part of the party, right? Like yeah. he's just like whatever, man. But but of course that's his undoing, right? Yeah, I could, but anyway. Um, so okay, let's take a pause on Doc and let's go to uh, Catherine Watterson's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh fuck, I got Shasta. It. Yeah, yeah, Shasta. Shasta. Uh, I have mixed feelings about Shasta. Yeah. Because yeah, totally. when we first meet her, since the movie is a neo-noir film at the core, we were led to believe she's our femme fatale. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, yeah, she kind of is. Sort of. But as the movie progresses, we realize she's... She's kind of the worst person. <laughs> and not in a way you'd expect. She's just like... She's sending him on these wild goose chases and then like... Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and then just comes back and be like, hey, what's up? Yeah, because... Uh, so we should mention, we meet uh, Shasta at the beginning of the movie, like, which I love. I love the movie just yeah. goes and we start. Um, and then she's gone, the rest of the movie, uh, except for flashbacks. Yeah. But she's gone. And, of course, Doc is not only trying to work the case that she gave him, but also, okay, well, where's Shasta? Is mm-hmm. she hurt? Is she... And I love that Bigfoot kind of fucks with him. It's like, she's gone, man. Like, yeah. Like, she, she's gone. And he's like, well, um, well, what do you mean she's gone? And he's like, well, she's disappeared. She's gone. And he's like, can you be a fucking professional, please? <laughs> uh, because, of course, Doc assumes, oh, my God, she's dead. Right. But no, she's not. She's just, she's just gone. She's just gone. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, and then she just shows up out of the blue. Like, oh, like, just went to go hang out with some friends. Yeah. Like, hey, very, uh, very Bunny Blabowski move. Yeah. Well, this movie gets compared a lot to The Big Lebowski. Really? Yeah. Was the book written after The Big Lebowski? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. The movie was written in 2009. No, I'm saying the book. Uh, this, yeah, the book oh, was the written, written in 2009. Oh, okay. 2009. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, way after The Big Lebowski. Yeah. Um, but see, where that is not really a neo-noir movie. It's just a shaggy dog story. Pretty much. Go look back and listen to our 100th episode yeah. if you want to hear about The Big Lebowski. Yeah, The Big Lebowski. Um, but yeah, so she's... Shasta just comes back and yes. just expects everything to be cool. Um, and as we were talking about off mic, uh, you know, really fucks with Doc. Yeah. Um, you know, coercing him into having uh, very angry sex with her. Yeah. Um, because why? We don't know. She just does. Who knows? And, um, I mean, and and the whole time... I'm going to be real. For the first half of the movie, I was really hoping Doc and Shasta would get back together. Right. And they kind of sort of do. Eh. Not really. Not really. It do, the movie does not... She says it herself. Yeah. Well, she says it herself and then he says it. Right. Um, but, yeah, the movie doesn't really have a happy ending. It just has a, an ending. <laughs> right. It just stops. It just ends. Um, yeah, man. So what was, what was your opinion of Shasta? Yeah, Shasta's no good. But... <sighs> You know what, man, because, yeah, Shasta is sort of like a a modern-day take on Femme Fatales. Okay. Where it's not like she's in on it necessarily. Yeah, she's, or, who, she's who brings our hero into this. Yeah, she brings him in, but then sort of lets him crumble while she disappears. And then comes back to sort of pick up the pieces enough to keep him going, right? Yeah. Um, so he can 
you know, fall apart again. I think is really it's it's sort of more passive than it is active. Uh, yeah. In in her case. Yeah, especially especially with again great writing and direction from Paul Thomas Anderson and great acting from Joaquin and Catherine. Because at the beginning of the movie, you really you feel for Shasta because yeah. you know Solange's narration is saying how, you know, Doc has never seen her feel sorrow or mm-hmm. feel this way about anyone other essentially other than herself, mm-hmm. and that's what kind of propels Doc to, you know, all right, I'll help you. I'll I did, I did read a review that said that uh, it was just like one line that was like. And Solange, who I'm 90% sure isn't a figment of his imagination, you know? Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, it sort of feels that way at yeah, times. And I like that he wrote that in because I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, because Solange... Okay, here, let's just talk about Solange sure. for a second. Yeah, she does kind of show up... She's in the movie. She's not just narrating right, the movie. Yeah, she's, she's in the movie. But she does sort of pop up here and there. And it does seem like only Doc can see her. I kind of. I mean, if we go back, I'm sure that's not true. But no, because well, in the flashback, it seems like her. It seems like Shasta is interacting with Solange, and even Shasta says, "Solange knows stuff." Yeah, you know. So, you know, it's not like a, either she's feeding into his delusion or she's real, right? Yeah, I think that it's too easy to say she's not real. I think that's lame. But I just I, th- I like the idea of him being like, I'm ninety percent sure she's real. She's real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. Well, I did read that in the book, Solange is like only in a couple pages, uh-huh. but it was Paul's decision to be like, you know what, she needs to be the voice of this movie, uh-huh. which I think is a smart move. Well, what I also like is is sort of like this this past tense narration becomes present tense every once in a while. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and she is almost interacting with doc in the moment via voiceover, Yeah, which is odd. And, it, but I liked because, you know, it's sort of disorients you because, because doc is never sober anyway. So yeah. Like, uh, like towards the end of the movie when Bigfoot quote unquote rescue <laughs> rescues him from, uh, Adrian and Puck, mm. uh, you know, she's like, you know, doper ESP doc. Yeah. Like almost saying like, hey, like use your, yeah, use your fucking brain. He planted drugs in your car. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it, it does kind of disorient you, but yeah, yeah. I still really like the narration. Oh, I love the narration. I, I think that. And, and I love it uh, just like what you love is it doesn't spoon feed us. No, no, this is not. This is not expositional narration necessarily. Yeah. It is and it isn't because it is, but she's not giving you enough information. She's giving you information as if she's at a party and she's like, "Oh, you want to know this thing about Doc?" Dude, let me let me tell you this thing about Doc. Right. Like she's almost like half drunk and and a little high, and she's like, "Oh, let me tell you this about you know what I mean." Like that's no. what the narration feels like, which is what the movie feels like, and what you know this this time and in, in this this city and. You know, mm-hmm. Doc and everybody, you know, it just feels like there's a haze, you know, yeah. over everything. Yeah. Um, okay. So we, we've we got to talk about Bigfoot. Sure. Dude. Um, <laughs> I, I love Josh Brolin. Yeah. I think he's great. Um, and I think this is, I think this is, character has one of his most comedic roles mm. even though Bigfoot's probably supposed to be the most serious person in the movie kind of but also no right? I I think he is hysterical every scene he's in with Joaquin I'm I was laughing the whole time yeah uh, like when we first meet Bigfoot and he's he's 
fingering himself yes. <laughs> to to egg Doc on about like, oh well, you know, maybe your girl was, you know, with Glenn and and, and Doc's <laughs> like, Can you can you stop? Don't do that. <laughs> it's so funny. And it's so and then he fucking is like deep throating. Dude, the, the dude the, the frozen chocolate bananas, man. <laughs> Like it's, it's so good. At first, I was like, "Is that like ice cream? What is that?" But he yeah. keeps eating them the whole movie. I know it's so funny. Um, but but Bigfoot is a really weird sort of enigma. Yeah, because he's he's a lieutenant, right? He's a lieutenant, right? Yeah, I, think so. I, I believe he's a lieutenant. I think that's and right. And I love him. yes, <laughs> Lieutenant Detective Christian Bigfoot. Whatever. Jorgensen yeah. or whatever. Whatever his last name is, yeah. Um, but I love how he makes a point to tell Doc that he's a renaissance cop. Like, which means I'm an expert in everything. But Doc will see him on TV. Cause now, that I wasn't sure was a hallucination or not. Because yeah. um, it just felt very Paul Thomas Anderson, that scene, by the way, uh, with, with Josh Brolin, uh, I guess, as Bigfoot. Um, trying to sell what was it? Well, first it was houses. Yeah, and then he saw him in a show later on. Oh, that's right. That's right. So it's got to be, it's got to be a hallucination, or you know, he's got you know other things going on. But I (laughs) don't think so. I know because because that's what I thought. Like especially when Doc sees him in the show, I'm like, wait, did Bigfoot say that he was doing this on the side? Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, Um, I may have to watch. The movie again. I'll for but, sure watch it again eventually, but but yeah, but Bigfoot is just it's, and I just love that they refer to him as Bigfoot, yeah. not not you know Detective, you know Bjornsson or you know we only hear his name his actual name Christian, like two or three times. Yeah, everyone just calls him Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, which isn't explained. Well, and he is the antithesis of Doc, right? Yeah. You got the. He's the anti Doc. Well, and of course you know Solange says it perfectly with the way he looks and the way he dresses and the flat top and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, very military, very straight edge, very, yeah. you know. Uh, doesn't like hippies. No. Which, it so, which is why it was sort of strange to pinpoint, and of course it's on purpose, their relationship with one another because they'll go from finding him, throwing him against the ground, kicking him, all that shit, and then the next day calling him and be like, hey man, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, wanted to give you a heads up on this. Whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. so bizarre. Definitely. Okay. I that, that, take back my other statement. So definitely a love-hate relationship. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's not, like, when they're on the phone together, they're fine. You yeah, know? Uh, they're almost friends. Until <laughs> Bigfoot's wife screams at That Doc. was my favorite part. And that, I think, was when I I finally just was like, like, Bigfoot's not, like, a serious guy. Because, um there are moments of course where he's a little silly but this one where he is just like yeah get him get him honey yeah yeah it's so fucking yeah, funny because he's, he's like it's it's sportello oh you're the doc sportello oh you're the reason we, and he's like no the, the department pays for half of it yeah oh well the department pays for half of the therapy <laughs> like, and doc is just like uh, uh you called me he's like, he, he called me it's so funny <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, I, this movie, this movie balances drama and comedy so well. Yeah. Where it's really, really serious and you're like, oh shit. But then uh, other times you're like, that's, that was like any, like, I love when, 
he's talking with Owen Wilson at the party, which we'll get to Owen Wilson. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. I forgot he was in the movie. I know. Uh, even though like they make a point to show that he's in the movie and for the trailer, mm. I completely forgot he was in the movie. There's just so many people. Yeah. I know. Uh, but I love when they're talking at the party and <laughs> they're trying not to let people know that like, they already know each other. And he's undercover or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, oh yeah, you know, uh, you know, from, you know, I was looking at the, the vehicle you told me about and it, it takes him a second to be like, uh, oh yeah, yes. yeah, the vehicle, yes. Were you able to find replacement parts? Yeah. Uh, oh no, couldn't, yeah. It was just so funny because I just love that Owen was like, what are you talking about? Oh, that, right. I asked you to check on my wife and kid. Right, 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 right. So, okay. So let's move on to Owen Wilson. Sure. And then I guess we can kind of. I wish we could have seen him play the saxophone. That would have been awesome. That would have been dope, right? Also, I wish we could have seen him on a jet ski and Loki. You know? Yeah, I mean, what do you got to do? You know? Call Kevin Feige. <laughs> Season <laughs> yeah, sure. two of Loki, we better see Mobius on a jet ski. Of course. Um, but yeah, so. Owen plays a guy named Coy, who uh, has, according to other people, been dead. Yeah. Uh, but his wife, Hope, is convinced he's not, uh, which he's not. He, As you said at the top of the show, he is an FBI informant um, who doesn't, he doesn't really know how he got into this. Like, he can't, he's like, I don't, I just am. Yeah. Like, I'm, a, I'm a snitch. So, and... And Doc is like, yeah, but who who contacted It's such you? a hippie stoner thing to say. And, you know, if anything, Doc should be more sympathetic because he can't remember shit anyway. Yeah, that's you true. <laughs> they make a big point and to be like, I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, especially like with Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Like, oh, how did you know you didn't kill him? You probably forgot. Yeah. How would I forget that? Yeah. And then she's like, well, you just forgot about this. And he's just like, okay. And, you know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Koi is... <sighs> They kind of set Koi up to be the linchpin in all this. He's the key. But no one is the key. No. Like, because they set up Koi to be like, like, okay, he's an FBI informant. He is working for the Golden Fang. Like, he's what he's what we're missing. Yeah. And then it's actually like, oh, we're, well, no one knows. Yeah, yeah, You know, um, but, you know, but to your point, Doc is actually a little bit more sympathetic uh, so when he makes the deal at the end of the movie to return the drugs. Yeah, yeah he's got to return the drugs. Because, uh, yes, uh, most gangs love it when uh, product is returned to them. Yes. my I was really hoping he was going to keep a little bit of it. <laughs> but, uh, of thank, course. But no. luckily Doc is smart enough. Yes, Doc smart enough. Not to do that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, because we should mention Josh Boland was going to set him up to take the fall. Yeah. Which is a real dick move. Yeah, it's a real dick move, you know. Uh, but Doc returns the drugs, yeah. but tells them, uh, tells the, um, I will say the one thing that was really cool, hang on, um, is the fact that an old case of his was connected to this. Yeah. The, uh, the, the Fenway, uh, runaway daughter case. <clears throat> that's right. I thought that, I was like, okay, now that makes more sense. Yeah, that's interesting. That this case is connected to That all he this. remembers her from that, how, I don't know mm-hmm. how he remembered anything, but... Yeah, uh, he remembered her, and he remembered uh, her father, and things like that, and, yeah, and, and their connection to this portion of what he's doing. Yeah, right. Uh, and of course, her dad is representing the Golden Fang and cuts Doc a deal. If you just give the product back, what do you want in return? And all he asks is, "Get Koi out of this." 
Yeah. Like, get let him have his freedom. Let him get to go home to his wife and kid. And he does. And yeah. That's probably the most happy ending. Yeah, yeah, I for, would say. And then for, we also get, you know, a... Uh, we also get a little nice bow tied to who killed Martin Short, right? Oh, yeah. Because uh, he's saying it without saying Or, you know, he's just like, I, you know, I don't know why I would have motive because he only, you know, took my daughter into this debauchery and all that shit. You know? Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, okay, so he had him go. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, we check. <laughs> we, we check that off. Yeah. I still, I don't remember who killed the, the neo-Nazi. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember who did that, or even if they said, you know. What I, I mean? don't think they ever said. Okay, yeah, because, they never said who killed Glenn. Because at first I was like, wait, did I hit forward or something? Because did I skip a chapter. Yeah, did I skip something? Because he's waking up next to that dead body, and I don't know what just happened. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. what I mean, like this movie is like that, you know. Yeah, and I think it's because you know we are seeing all this from Doc's perspective. That's true. So if he wakes up and there's a dead body and he doesn't know who killed him, yeah, we don't. Either. Then we're not gonna know. Like, okay. Um, <clears throat> so I will say. The weirdest scene was that final scene between Doc and Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. Where Bigfoot kicks his door down, <laughs> which I love that he's like, "Oh, he was he was asking for me. He usually kicks my door down." Yeah. And now we see it. Like, yeah, he kicks his door down. <laughs> Come on, man. And then it's almost. I feel like Bigfoot is defeated. Because um, do you think? Because they don't say why. He's clearly upset, but they don't say clearly. Why. Because he finally takes a hit off Doc's joint. And then eats and the then rest eats of it. all the marijuana. Yeah, and <laughs> it, Doc cries, right? There's that there a couple of tears. Um I guess it's his his confusion, his empathy, his is sort of like wanting to know what's wrong, right? Yeah. And he doesn't really get that. Yeah, and neither do we. Nope. We don't know why he's upset. Don't know why um, he's upset. Don't know why he ate all the marijuana. Don't know why he left. Don't know why he kicked the door down. I, my theory is I think he may have gotten in trouble. Maybe. For trying to plant drugs in Doc's car. Yeah, maybe. And maybe he's getting reprimanded for that. Here's what also might be true. Is okay. all of this was answered and we just are dumb. That's a possibility. Yeah, I think. Um, hey, if it was answered, by the way, and you're listening, uh, Zach, mostly, I guess. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Zach. Yeah, really appreciate it. Um, if you could just let us know what's going on, because I missed it. Uh, so did I, man. Like, you know, like if, if there are answers at all. If there are not answers, then okay, then I then guess we well, got it. Yeah. Then nailed it. <laughs> um, yeah. I was also drinking wine <laughs> during my viewing of this, which was a mistake I noticed about 20 minutes in. I go, I shouldn't be drinking this. And then I kept doing it. Uh, let's see, I was, I had just really gotten out of bed when I was watching it, but I was still paying attention. Of course. I was just like, just like, what? I was like, there's a lot going on. There's too much going on. My brain is not fully awake. It makes Tinker Taylor look super simple. I'll oh, tell you that right now. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy <laughs> said to me off mic, if you, he was like, if you, you told me if you, uh, if I figured it out, you would be like, I'd be like, damn it. You're lying. Yeah. No way. <laughs> yeah. No. So Tinker Taylor, that I was able to figure yeah, out. Yeah. But Tinker this, yeah. oh my God. This was like, whew, I don't know. They should play this for fucking, um, for fucking Gary Oldman and be like, all right, now you figure it out. Yeah, you figure it out, Gary Oldman. Gary's like, what? I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know what's happening. Uh, this is the first um, film adapted from a novel of uh, Thomas Pease, by the way. 
Nice. Don't know how to pronounce his last name. I looked. So <laughs> Thomas P. It is. Um, I was talking to Ashley about it. I was telling her about how you know critics really love the movie, mm-hmm. but did criticize how complicated the plot is. And she told me apparently that's how Thomas's writing is. Because I did read that yeah, Paul know. Thomas Anderson did adapt this pretty much verbatim from yes. the book. Um, a couple of things he had to leave out, but most of it is in there, and it is verbatim. Yeah, and of course, yeah, you know, making Solange more of a yeah. present, but yeah, um, which I th- found, which also I love, because uh, I think anytime someone adapts a book um, or any adaptation, you you need to be respectful. I read somewhere that there was a scene where he had dinner with like Thomas Jefferson or something like, uh, like Doc in, in the book. Yeah, and they cut that or yeah. And, and uh, well, yeah. they cut it for the movie because I, I mean, think that's that would too bizarre. Yeah, it might not have been Thomas Jefferson, but it was a founding father. By the way, yeah, I feel like if if we had seen that in the movie, that would have kind of been like, what is happening? That would probably would have grinded it down <laughs> to a hole. But um, but anyway, yeah. So Ashley was telling me that this is how apparently Thomas's books are. Ah. So if you never read the the book Inherent Vice uh, and you watch the movie, then the movie will be very close to the book, and yeah, yeah it's. But it makes me, I'm going to be real, kind of what I was talking about last week is I do want to read the book and I want to read the book so much more if it's this complicated. I know. To see if I can figure it out. Uh, Edgar Wright, whom we love. We love Edgar Wright. uh, Jokingly uh, called the movie Inherent Twice because you have to watch (laughs) it uh, more than once (laughs) to understand it. Um, And so, okay, I want to talk about the title. Sure, yeah, I have it up. Because they, they say the movie... The title of the movie in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the movie. That's the name of the movie. Uh, thank, you, like Pitch, Peter, thank you, Pitch Meetings, for ruining that now. I know. And then it's like Peter Griffin going, there it is. <laughs> ah, they said uh, it. Uh, they said it. Um, but yeah, so the title, Inherent Vice, is spoken by Shasta to Doc because mm-hmm. she said that they called me an inherent vice. And he was like, well, what does that mean? And she says, I have no idea. So, so, what, does it mean? so what does it mean, Jerry? The tendency... Um, yeah, the tendency in physical objects to deteriorate because of the fundamental instability of the components of which they are made, as opposed to deterioration caused by external forces. So it is, it is basically um, deteriorating because of what you're made of, uh, oh. not because of something else. It's deteriorating because of what is you right oh. so it it refers to not only doc and the other characters but also the city and the political climate and yeah, just the yeah. world they're living in right yeah because um, yeah, they're living in the 70s you yeah. know nixon's president right now fucking nixon bro dude i love that owen wilson's character fucking yeah protests at a nixon rally that's like those, on tv and he's like a he's an informant, he's an informant. Who, <laughs> who should be in hiding <laughs> And they got him on TV. <laughs> uh, that's step one for being uh, an undercover informant is don't be on TV. <laughs> don't be on TV. Yeah. yeah. Don't get your picture taken. Don't be on TV. I love, uh, I love the doc is like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was so funny. But it, but it's because of Reese Witherspoon that it, that's when he learns that she's, he's an informant. Yeah. She's like, oh, no, he's an informant. Yeah, no, he's with us. And like, and she, oh, okay. He's like, what? Like, ugh. <laughs> that makes no sense. Um, I know. And again, it's sort of like he Doc starts to do one thing and then gets pulled all sorts of different directions. And especially 
when he finds out, like, oh, wait, that's what that is? Shit. You know? It's it's almost like... Oh, I thought uh, it was looking for a missing person, and he's been an informant this whole time, you know? Yeah, it, it's it's like a, it's like two steps forward, three steps back. Kind yeah, of pretty thing. much for, for Doc. He starts to figure it out, and he's like, wait a minute. Wait, he's no, got to reel it back and go back to step one. And then someone else says, oh, by the way, can you do this for me? You know? <laughs> like, he, damn it. He's, he's essentially... Is um, he the only person... In that town that does this, I know, you know. Apparently, you know, he's essentially an errand boy. Pretty much. Um, it's uh, it's like um, I refer to it as as like the video game trope of errand boy. You know, like like Assassin's Creed is well known for it that you have to go do this, and then this person wants you to go here. And yeah, it's, that's all Doc is. He's just an errand boy. So the thing about Doc that I think I loved the most that made me laugh the hardest uh-huh. was his notes. Did you see his notes? What he's writing down? Like something, they would say something, and he would just write something Spanish. (laughs) Like what? You're not gonna remember what that means. You know? know. It's so funny. Or a no hallucinations. Yeah, no hallucinations, right? And you know, it's. Oh, what was the other one? Uh, Paranoia alert was one of them. (laughs) Yes, yes. When he's talking to Michael K. Williams, he's like. Paranoid alert. alert. It's just like, what does that mean? He's not. He has no reference to I'm what a, that means. I'm gonna be honest. It's so funny. When we were in high school, that's how I would take notes sometimes. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, it would be incoherent babble. Yeah. That I would forget. Like, what did I mean with that? Yeah. Well, and here's what makes it a little bit different: is at least you know what class you were in. That's true. When you wrote that down. That's true. He's just writing things down. He's not writing Michael K. Williams' name down. Yeah, you know, he's, over it. Yeah, you know, he's. It's, it's just in his little red notebook. Just a little page. Something Spanish. <laughs> what? Oh <my laughs> it was goodness. so bizarre, and I loved it. I loved everything about that. That was um, just too funny to me. Dude, and and again, I think the reason why I love this performance by Joaquin is, just like with Josh Brolin, I think this is his most funny. Like, Doc Doc has just this fantastic comedic timing um, that I don't know if Joaquin brought to the role or just just how good Paul Thomas Anderson's writing is. I think that's probably it. And Thomas Pete, right? Because, again, this is mostly verbatim. Yeah. Um, another part that made me laugh super hard, I know we keep jumping around, but so does the movie. So does yeah, the movie jumps around. Is when his, his, like, the kid, the assistant comes in with the steering wheel. And he's like, is that my steering wheel? Is that my steering wheel? You know? And it's like, sorry, man, I just don't, I don't know how to drive. I don't know, man. And he's like, oh. And they just had the conversation, like, you do realize this is a manual, not an automatic, right? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, And so, and I love the, and so forth. And he's like, yeah, man, I got it. And then he just goes back with the steering wheel. They go, shit. Uh, <laughs> it made me giggle. One of my favorites, and, I, and they show it in the trailer, which makes me laugh. And it made me laugh is when uh, he's talking to Hope. And, you know, because she was strung out on heroin when her and Owen Wilson's character had a baby, the baby didn't look too good. And I just love when she hands Doc the picture and he's like, ah! <laughs> mm-hmm. I've forgotten about that. Dude, that made me laugh so hard, like, in the trailer. Because, of course, the trailer makes you think that he's looking at a picture of uh, Mickey Wolfman, Eric Roberts. Right. But it's actually a baby. Yes. He's just like, ah! ah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it, he couldn't help, but, like, he couldn't hold it back. You know? Yeah. It's just, holy, in her teeth, too. Oh, oh yeah. I, could stare. I couldn't see it until she lifted her lip up, and I was like, oh, those are dentures. Like, oh, Jesus. Ugh. You know, those are gigantic. 
I know. And I was like, does Jenna Malone... At first, I was like, I think... Does she have that big of a teeth? I, I didn't remember her having such big teeth, but uh, I like that she finally mentioned it. Like, like, my teeth. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Thank God, because I was staring at them the entire time. Yeah. Um... But yeah, man. This was a wild ride. It was. It was wild. I, when I told mom we were going to do it, and she's like, oh, you're going to love it. And then when uh, when I called her today for uh, for Mother's Day, which, uh, shout out to... Oh, it's Mother's uh, Day. We're it's Mother's us. Day well, as of this recording. Yeah. Uh, when the episode comes out, it'll be past Mother's Day. So we hope Obviously, everyone had a great Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully you called your mom and told her happy Mother's Day. Yeah. But yeah. when I when I called mom today, and I was like, yeah, you know, I finished Inherent Vice. And she was like, oh, what did you think? And I was like, oh, it was... I was like, I liked it. Yeah. It was just very complicated. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, it's, it's a little complicated. Kale and I used to have a joke about uh, the big short where... Oh, that's on my list. Yeah, where we would uh, we would go, hey, did you uh, see the big short? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, what do you think? It goes, oh, man, I, I really liked it. It was great. It goes, okay, cool. What's it about? It goes, I don't know. <laughs> because the housing crisis and all that shit is so complicated to me and it's so over my head that uh, you're just like what's it about that's why know. so that was a, that was gonna be one of the one of the picks last week before I picked this one yeah but when I watched the trailer I was like oh god it's about the housing market I'm gonna need time but for it that but it is you're not it's not meant for the audience to know exactly what they're talking about in fact it's the opposite they, they expect you not to know anything well it's from Adam McKay you know so Anyway, so Jeremy, right. are you ready to wrap up? I am. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. And again, it's the, hey, did you see Inherent Vice? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, did you, what'd you think? Oh, man, I thought it was great. It was oh, so. What's it, what's it about? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Pass. I mean, it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, the cast at the top of their game. Yeah. Uh, PTS also, or PTA, PTA. my bad. Um, also, killing it. Um, Fuck, it wasn't complicated. Yeah, we are doing one more Paul Thomas Anderson this this season. Is it on my list? No, it's on mine. Yeah. Which one is it? It's uh, Phantom Thread. We're gonna do Phantom oh, Thread. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we're gonna do Phantom Thread Can't eventually. That, that uh, Daniel Day Lewis's final yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. After he said he was gonna retire after Lincoln, and then PTA was like, "Hey, my man, you got oh no no I don't care I'll do it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, D Day. Um, uh, DDL. Yeah, that dude is the best. Okay, shout out to the Crucible. <laughs> sure. They, they, I so in high school. In high school, we had we did a whole Real like month long report on course. that. Yeah. So we read the book. Yeah. Um. The movie, watched the movie. Yeah. Um. Which of course I, being the only cinephile in my English class, I was like, oh my God, there's a writer right there. Oh, there's a writer on. Um, I said, D-Day? Dude. You guys see my left foot? You guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking my Out of all of his movies, you picked my yeah, left yo, foot. Yo, have you guys seen my left foot? And everyone's like, dude, well, shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man, that movie's a masterpiece. Uh, you got... <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so eventually we'll do that one. But, we'll uh, do Phantom. Yeah, can't but, wait. Yeah. Yeah, but Inherent Vice, man, I... Uh, also in the review, uh, I was reading that, of course, it was it was Ebert's page, but it wasn't Ebert because he had died by then. Yeah. Um, but they had said that a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson's movies like Boogie Nights or Magnolia get compared to Robert Altman a lot. Okay. Uh, just by, you know, the way the, the stories interconnect and things like that. You know, it's a bigger world, right? Yeah. Um, he said this is the most Alt- Altman-y uh, movie he's done because okay. of its 
because of its you know it, its size, especially with how many people are in it, which is yeah. a very big Robert Altman thing to do, is put you know a hundred people in there and they're all talking at the same time. Um, but I think yeah. also because it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> also, you know what I mean? It's not it's not following a movie like trajectory. It's right. following a. Almost, I mean, I, obviously it's a literary trajectory as well, but I would say also a life trajectory because he's these things don't interconnect, and of course our brains are trying to be like, well, they must be because they're showing it to me, but they yeah. aren't, and that's just how it goes, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll ha- I'll have to watch it again and maybe try to connect the dots. Maybe <clears throat> actually sit there with a notebook and be like, all right, so okay. again, we are absolutely probably wrong. They are probably connected. I know. Or, uh, or lots of information was given and lots of answers were given and we're just dumb or I'm just dumb. And I don't know. But who knows? Who knows? So, all right, Jeremy. So what do we, what do we talk about next week? Cool, man. I'm really excited to tell you. Uh, thank you for asking. Um, you're going to be so excited. Um, you just got the one car. Why set? I did. We are doing in the mood for love. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, next week. Um, fuck. Yeah. Can't wait. Again, seeing uh, everything everywhere all at once, there are some little nods to Wong Kar Wai and especially in the mood for love in there. And uh, again, my very favorite YouTube channel, Cinefix, uh, talks about it all the time. It is their favorite romantic film of all time. Uh, with good reason, yeah. I'm told. So Yeah, um, I'll hopefully, Future Rain will put up a picture of the Wong Kar Wai uh, Criterion set. Yep. Uh, that Jeremy and I both have, <clears throat> and I was really excited. Yeah, about we shelled up the cash for that. We had to. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, if you do, definitely get it on Amazon. It is hella cheap on Amazon. Uh, right now. Yeah. Right now. Do it right now. Um, but you know, like what we were talking, kind of talking about off mic is <clears throat> all the movies on your list that had a Criterion release. I wanted to get, and I could have gotten in the mood for love separately. Could have. But I decided. You know what? I'm just gonna get the whole set. Got to. Um. And to kind of get ready, so because I've never seen any of Wong's films before, um, I wanted to get ready, so I watched the first one in the set, which was his directorial debut as Tears Go By, um, which was uh, an adaptation of Martin Scorsese's Mean Streets. That was awesome. Yeah, like it was very visceral in a good way, like not a not a not a bad way. Visceral is you know usually associated with bad, but it was very visceral in a good way. The camera was amazing. The story was great. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very short, too. I was not expecting it to be only about an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, I, I think okay. The Mood for Love's only an hour and a half or something. It, it's not very long. But yeah, man, no, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm very excited uh, to do In the Mood for Love. And I was, uh, I'm going to let Shep know. Because uh, so we can rent it at the library. It's my 72-year-old friend, Edward. Uh, so we can rent it at the library so we can watch it. Because he was like, let me know when you, when you talk about it so I can watch it. I go, will do, my man. Will do. Yeah. Uh, dude, I can't wait, man. Yeah. Uh, especially especially some of the other movies on your list I can't wait to talk about. But uh, but yeah, In the Mood for Love. So we hope everyone enjoyed uh, Inherent Vice. Again, sorry we jumped around so much, but the movie is kind of hard to talk about. <laughs> I, I would agree. Uh, and we will see you next week for In the Mood for Love.